Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Surreyor Global Fantasy Football Podcast. This week, it's just myself, Hybe Index, but I'm delighted to be joined by Surreyor Data founder and eSport enthusiast, Maxime HG. So this week, we're going to hear about Maxime's Surreyor journey and how Surreyor Data was born. We're going to discuss some of the key features of the platform. We're going to look at the Surreyor Data Cup, which is currently in play and really exciting. And we're also going to discuss that big news, Real Madrid joining the platform that was announced today. So welcome, Maxime. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks a lot for the invitation. I'm, I'm very happy to talk to you and talk to your listeners uh, tonight. Yeah, I thought it'd be good, good to have you on. I've been looking at doing this for, for quite some time, but obviously with the, the Surreal Data Cup, I thought now's a great time. And we've obviously had a, a lot of new users coming onto the platform with a yeah. the new clubs joining. So a good opportunity for, for users that have maybe not used Surreal Data as much to get a, a bit of an insight into what it's all about. Because um, I, I know the existing community use it. <laughs> I, yeah, what it's a you know the, the backbone of, of the the platform. So why don't you start us off and tell us a, a bit about your surreal journey and and how surreal data started? Yeah, so I'm uh, to to get into a bit of context. I'm French, so sorry for the accent already. But um, yeah, I work in Paris in a company called Blockchain Partner and. Uh, um, we knew Nicolas, so Nicolas Julia, uh, the CEO of Sorer, uh, from another company in Paris. And uh, when he started to pitch Sorer and to launch the product, we were aware of that because we knew it. We knew him from the French ecosystem. So uh, at first, I was really interested in the blockchain he was using because at first, uh, Sorer was using Loom. Uh, which was very interesting in technology to use. And then I'm a FC Nantes football fan and a football fan overall. And uh, so I started uh, discovering Sorare and uh, starting uh, investing like, I don't know, 0.1 Ether to start with and uh, start discovering uh, Belgian players. And uh, I really started playing back in summer uh, 2019. Um, and also buying a lot of cards when Nantes and Lyon and uh, Saint-Etienne were added to the platform. It was really the time for me to start buying cards and uh, invest really in the game and uh, try to yeah. uh, find the best strategy in the game. And I bet you've enjoyed some of those yeah. Nantes player prices. It must be amazing having the club that you support on the platform and especially some of those players I personally think are are really undervalued on the platform. So maybe that's something we can go into in a bit more detail. Yeah, it was a real pleasure to see Nantes uh, in the platform. And one of the first clubs to really, uh, one of the first uh, top league, because I think French league is a top league uh, in Europe, at least. Uh, yeah, a top league club uh, going to the platform. And uh, yeah, I don't have the funds to buy a unique card or something like that, but still uh, having like uh, the players that you support every every game, be able to play them on Sora was a, a really cool thing to have. And um, I was trying to figure out the best strategy, who were the most in the undervalued players, who uh, were the must-have players if you wanted to win a tournament. Um, so I really started to do some digging, do some uh, I build my own database with uh, blockchain data I could fetch. Yeah, I started building my own stuff and uh, <laughs> one thing led to another. And I said, yeah, 
that, that could help other managers. And that's why I created Solar Data. So at first it was just a, a Twitter account, but I knew I was building a, a website behind it. And back in June, like 2020, uh, I launched Solar Data, so a website to yeah make better decisions when you when you play Solar, um, be more informed, like uh, having all the market data that is not available on Solar for so many reasons like legal reasons first also having the possibility to build your own lineups in provision of uh, next game weeks um, and also have all the historic data like uh, what was the the most expensive auction what was the most uh, expensive offers uh, etc so basically it's so data is the the place you you need to be if you uh, want to have a companion in in your solar experience because i think like right now uh, Sorare lacks a uh, player I don't know help because w when you sign up to Sorare, like you're thrown in the wide, you don't know which players to pick up, you don't know what price is right for a player. So I think that Sorare is also a good starting point for new managers uh, get to know which players are good, which players are valuable, which may be undervalued or which may be overvalued. Um, so yeah, my my own journey led to uh, to uh, me building uh, Sorare. Yeah, well, and certainly I'm appreciative of that that journey because certainly as a new user, it was a, a great resource for me. As an existing user, it continues to be a, a great resource. And I think regardless of whether you're you're just starting out or whether you've been on the platform for for a couple of years, there's value on on the site. There's lots of great tools, and as you, you touched upon, stuff that doesn't exist on the main site. So having that other place to, to go to get all of that information, uh, really interesting. So we'll go on to some of the, the key features and, and look at all, all the different areas of the, the platform um, shortly. But you touched upon, so obviously FC Nantes being your, your club. So do you go and watch them? on a regular basis? Yeah, so uh, I lived in Nantes uh, during my childhood like for 10 years. So I went to La Beaujoire Stadium frequently when I was a, uh, like a teenager. And um, yeah, since then, despite uh, ups and downs, mainly downs in the in the past years, yeah, I, I still watch all the games. And also, even if I live in Paris right now, Sometimes for the Sunday games, uh, I take the train on the morning, uh, go to Nantes and uh, watch the game in the stadium and, and go back to Paris the, the same day. So, nice. yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, yeah, you know, a fan of the of FC Nantes and uh, that's the only real football club I, um, I support. Nice, nice. So actually this year, it was on my to-do list. I was um, expecting to be travelling over to France and go to the FC Nantes games quite regularly. Prior to, to finding Sorare, I was quite active on, on Football Index. I'm still on that platform. And FC Nantes players, quite a few of them, were, were quite attractive to, to me. There's a few players there that I think are, are undervalued on both platforms. And so I wanted to, to go as a, a football fan, just... Yeah. Travel to, to different countries, go and experience different matches, and and they were definitely up on on that list. So my, my auntie has a a house in France, maybe about an, an hour from Nantes. So I was going to be able to to go over there, stay there, and, and then maybe hire a car and, and travel to, to games. Obviously, it's not happened this year with yeah. all the lockdowns and, and travel restrictions, but may, maybe in the future I'll yeah. get myself over there. So. Hoping for FC Nantes to stay in the first league, actually. But yeah, um, yeah, the, the stadium is great. 
the atmosphere in the it's called the tribune noir it's like the um, uh, i don't know you say uh, tribune in in english maybe uh, uh, at least part of the stadium where the um, most fervent um, supporters are and there's a great atmosphere over there it's a real cool stadium to go to and uh, if you if you get a car, maybe you can go check also our rivals Rennes and uh, Brest and Lorient, which are also uh, football clubs in the in the Premier, the first uh, French league. Yeah, I definitely think I would I would try to do that. But that sounds like the the right part of the stadium for me to experience it. So hopefully next year there'll be a, a bit more travel and I'll, I'll be able to get to a few foreign crowns. But we'll see. So you also talked about block working for a blockchain partner and that seems like a really interesting project. Myself, I'm fairly new to the blockchain world, a really exciting place to be, but really only somewhere I've delved into in the last couple of years. And so it sounds like you probably know a lot more than I do and possibly some of our listeners. So what advice would you give to our listeners and what resources should we be seeking out to go and improve our, our understanding, our knowledge base in that space? So Blockchain Partner is a consulting company. So I worked in Paris in September 2017 and started working there. So I'm the CTO of the company. And uh, it's really interesting because you have two kind of profiles, uh, I would say, um, like the technical technical profiles and non-technical profiles. If you happen to know coding languages or know some technical stuff, you can, I mean, the best thing to me is to try and start building your own project on a blockchain, a public blockchain. Typically, Ethereum is the, the best way, uh, the best place to start. Try to understand how to build smart contracts on the web. You will find on YouTube or on Reddit or just searching on Google many, many resources. Uh, there's a, a famous course that were developed by the actually the Loom guys, so the, the Loom network guys, that is called Crypto Zombies. And you can okay. start building uh, smart contracts easily. And yeah, try to find a project that uh, suits you, a project that uh, excites you and try to build it. Uh, you don't have to uh, go full scale like I did with Sora Data and publish it or, or something, but find an objective and accomplish it. And if you're a non-technical guy, um, I would say there's a lot of videos on YouTube, also a lot of Twitter accounts that are interesting to follow. I wouldn't touch like the investing or I don't know, uh, finance guys, it's it's not very interesting if you want to learn what actually blockchain is or cryptocurrencies are. But there are a few guys that are very interesting in the Ethereum ecosystem or in the Bitcoin ecosystem that you can follow and uh, watch a lot of videos of blockchain startups, uh, employees or CEOs that are really interesting. I know that it, it's in French, but um, our companies, our company, sorry, uh, CEO and uh, um, the managing director have, TED, have published uh, TED Talks that are really interesting. So I guess there are some TED Talks that uh, can help us in English. One thing is sure, you, you won't understand blockchain in three days or in a week. It's, it's a completely different uh, paradigm than like a centralized world. It took me about six months to actually understand the concept and understand the consequences that uh, this technology can have. So be patient with yourself if you want to learn what uh, cryptocurrencies are and blockchain, a whole different world. And it's just getting started. Uh, as you can see, like Bitcoin is going through the roof right now. 
yeah be patient watch a lot of stuff listen to uh, some podcasts also there are some podcasts that are interesting for people that want to learn stuff around blockchain and uh, don't rush yourself if you don't understand something just uh, take a step back think about something else and sometimes it will sink in and you will say oh like Erika, you, I, I finally understood what uh, what it was. You will start like understanding all the yeah the consequences of possible revolution. I I don't want to say it's a revolution because it's a big expression, but it's a totally different world, and it's really interesting to get to uh, know it and to understand uh, what is really behind uh, all the technology and all the hype. Some great advice there, and I think I'm on that journey as well. So that initial trying to get my my head around the, the space, really understand it, and and taking time to do so because as you said, it is new and it is evolving on a at a very fast pace so on a daily basis i'm seeing new terms new things that i had never even comprehended before and it's that's quite exciting and um, so I, I i'm personally some people might be scared by that and it might put put them off but i suppose it is a new and emerging technology and it's not quite you know at, at that end point yet and i don't think we're, we're there for for quite some time so yeah trying to understand what you you can find what's interesting to you and that point you made about if if you are technically able to try to build on on the blockchain technology yourself as a starting point because a lot of the time it's quite a good way to to learn something is by actually doing so yeah i I think that's something i'm going to have a a bit of a a look at see if i can build something even if it's just for for myself in the background that maybe pulls some some data some stats and yeah formulates it formulates that in the, the right way for for me but it'll just give me a bit more understanding of the building blocks behind it even yeah. though if the the end product's not really that valuable I can understand what's going into that then i i've got a, a better concept of what's going on so yeah th- thank you for that yeah just to add to your point like even understanding or what is a transaction or even building your own transaction, submitting a transaction, it's like the the easy steps that you can uh, follow first and you will understand a lot of things just by um, buying small amounts of cryptocurrencies, small amounts of Bitcoin, managing your own cryptocurrencies. And yeah, that's a really nice way to start. I think so, yep. And as you alluded to earlier, it's been quite a, a nice day for, for the cryptocurrencies. So yeah, yeah. There's, all, there's also that benefit as well. So I think the, the big section that we were going to go on to as part of the show was to look at the key features on the Surreal data site. I'm a, a big fan of lots of sections. Um, I use certain sections every single day, others on a, a more infrequent basis when, when I need them. But yeah, there's always something new there prior to, to coming on on this I had a, another quick scout through it and there's new bits on there that I've not even seen so far. So that's that's always good to see. Um, I don't know how, how you do it, but it seems like you're you're always developing in this. And are, are you doing this for your, your own purpose? Or yeah. So you mentioned at the start, you, you started to build this to get that data for, for yourself. So first and foremost, you're, you're building these tools for yourself and then releasing them out to the community. Yeah, at first that was the idea, but um, mainly now I'm trying to build features that are meaningful to all of the all of the Sora data users. So like I said, 
my server journey like helped me developing Solar Data because I was trying to build the features that were missing from Solar or from any other data source. Right now, when I when me as a Solar manager needs something or need a, a feature or something like that, it's going directly into Solar Data. So I think that's why Solar Data is uh, pretty much uh, liked by its users. It's because uh, it's a player that plays the game regularly that is actually building the product. And that's uh, if I stop playing Solar, I will stop doing Solar Data because I will lose the, um, the connection with the users and the, the, the Solar managers. So yeah, Solar Data it's basically because I'm playing the things I want to see uh, that are missing in in the solar website or or somewhere else, and try to yeah put it in um, in the same platform. So yeah, but right now there are a lot of people sending feedback, sending feature requests, and um, I try to prioritize them um, of course, but uh, I try to implement them uh, really as fast as I can. That makes sense. So. I suppose go go on to that then. So you're an active user of the, the site yourself. What section do you use the most? Where do you get the most value yourself? I, I cannot bid on Solar Auction if I'm not uh, also on Solar Data because I don't want to bid on an auction uh, completely blindly. I don't want to overbid or overpay a player unless I'm really decided to buy that player. When I'm deciding to buy a player, I go on Solar Data, see the, um, the average price for the last month or the last 15 days. I bid accordingly to, the, to this data. Also during game weeks, I'm always on the game week center. So it's uh, the main uh, menu of the of the of the website when you ca- where you can follow games live. So you have actually the lineups of every game where you have um, licensed solar players, so uh, players that uh, that have cards on solar basically. And I can follow live the games, follow live the scores of my players, etc. I also follow my rankings. I, I don't really use um, so rare for for live game weeks because I don't know it, it's it's very basic I think it's like uh, you see your scores you you see your rank but you don't see which reward you will get uh, if you stay at uh, at this rank you don't see uh, matches uh, in a single page um, so I think like the solar experience the live experience lacks some things that I try to put on Solar Data. So basically, auctions and Game Week Center are the two main features that I use uh, on a daily basis. The the Game Week Center, so I'm currently looking at that at the the moment because I have that open all all the time. That is one of my my go-to tabs almost every day um so yeah a lot of great information in there and as you said it's there's a lot of bits of pieces of information you don't quite get on the main site so i can see at the moment what cards i'm likely to win if results stand at this moment in time but another feature i really like there is the so i might be showing as 40 second in a particular tournament but I might be able to finish first to 49th. So I get an understanding of how my team is actually going to, to end up there. And that's something you don't quite see from the, the main Surreal site without going into everyone else's individual lineups. Yeah. Um, so so that's really, really helpful. Um, I, I love this this page. And for, for me, for, for social media and trying to promote Surreal as well, 
it's really handy to be able to, to go in here, a nice, lovely view. I can take a, a snip off those those player cards and I can share my teams. It's quite social. I'm able to, to then ask other managers, what does your lineup look like this week? Um, so, so I really like that, that, the fact that I've got them all in the one page. I don't need to click into each individual lineup like I, I would on the main site to, to get the, the view there. So that's certainly one of my most used um, sections of the site. For, for me as well, um, the chart section, I certainly like to, to go and look at the charts just to see is how many users are, are joining the platform. Because since I joined, it seems to just be this constant upward trajectory and it seems to be you know, right in line with we add new clubs and we, we add new managers along the way and just just looking at that I think when when I joined back in sort of May time we had maybe about 850 users with one card or more fast forward seven seven months later and we're, we're looking at nearly 2800 so it's you know a significant increase over that period but it seems to be quite steady and, and quite stable um, and you can also see some of the, the other charts on that page so like the, the number of lineups for each game week and um, so it's really interesting to see the rookie divisions so how many new users are joining the platform who have not bought cards yet but are, are starting to enter the rookie divisions and something i noticed was this massive spike last game week so coincided with fernabachi coming onto the platform yeah looks like we've had a, a massive uptick in users and is that something you've seen in the data have you had a lot of new signups i think like um not really in my signups so in so other data signups i didn't see like quite a change um i've seen like more people during the week of uh during the month of november uh, like yeah. i had a 40 percent increase in traffic uh, month over month so that's wow. really big yeah and uh but uh, basically, when you start soil first, you're <laughs> you have to d digest all the things, and I, I think people like uh, find soil that uh, one or two weeks later. So um, I'll see like uh, next week if uh, if I have a real spike in the in users. But yeah, as you said, the key division lineups like were I don't know there were. 2,500 lineups for the division last week. And that's something that it, that we like never saw before. That was like the, the record before was 1,500. So it's basically like uh, two times, not maybe quite two times, but one and a half time the previous record. So definitely Fenerbahce's addition to the game was really big in terms of user base. I guess we'll see what um, what happens with um, the All Star Division Four because to me it's the um, the real number that matters. Or also maybe Champion Europe Division Four um, because in my point of view, if you want to play Soria, really you go to the Champion Europe Division Four because that's where the good rewards are. So. Right now, it's only 460 people, um, 460 lineups uh, this week. So it's uh, it, it's it's okay, but uh, we didn't see like quite um, an increase in the number of lineups in in this division. And I think when we see this increase, it will mean that uh, really we are onboarding a lot a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the the factors there is that. We still have a lots of lots of clubs from those divisions to, to come. So, so we'll, we'll touch on the, the new club that joined today. 
that that obviously helps us. But as more European champion clubs come in there, we should obviously see more people being able to compete. But I think you're you're right. The Division fours are, are really that that true acid test of how many people are, are picking up the game and, and, and converting to to page users. I think that that's important, but still certainly nice to see that uptick of over a, a thousand users on previous highs um, entering the rookie because you'd you'd imagine a large percentage of them do convert, and I think that there's a challenge for for the guys at Surrey if if we're seeing lower than expected conversion numbers there. What do we do to, to make that that easier to come in? And I, I think we've already seen that, haven't we? So some of the, the iterations that have came into the platform, now the, the selecting of your, your draft picks with that 400 million, you're, you're able to sort of embed yourself into the platform and understand it a lot quicker. And I know there's, there's also work going on to, to make that even easier, make that more intuitive as we go. So I think we, we will see quite a lot of sign-ups come from that but yeah the, today's edition should also help definitely I, I think so yeah before we, we go on to that I, suppose, I want to just talk about some of the, the other fantastic features on the site so one I, I mentioned earlier that there were some parts that I've not even came across yet and um, so this is the the team rankings so I had never went went into to that player rankings I've, I've used in the past it's not something I use on a daily basis like I do the game week center, but then I looked at team rankings, and well, the first thing that caught my eye was Kilmarnock FC being at the, the top of that table, and that's just interesting as a Scottish yeah. football fan. So then I immediately I'm I'm scrolling down to find out where are Hibs and how how do we do for for when we eventually come on the platform? And yeah, it looks yeah. like that's so, that's going to be really interesting. So where did the idea for that come from? Yeah, so the team ranking is not actually a ranking because uh, when you go to the page, uh, you don't have a first, uh, second, and third. Uh, actually, you can um, filter the team based on uh, different uh, stats. Basically, one thing I built recently was the lineup builder. So um, in order to uh, build the Soil Data Cup, but also SO5 player, oh, SO5 lineup builder. And one thing I thought really interesting was when, imagine like you want to line up uh, Lewandowski next uh, next game week. I think they are playing Leverkusen uh, next week. And you want to know how well uh, starting forwards against Leverkusen score. And yep. I took the last 10 games of each team uh, that were playing in the next game week and um, simply did the average score of every uh, position that played against every team. So basically, if you if uh, next game week uh, Lewandowski plays against Leverkusen, you can go to the team rankings, uh, search Leverkusen, and see that um, the opposite forwards uh, score on average uh, 52 points. So that's basically okay, but that's not, let's say like Leverkusen, does pretty well against forwards. But also if you want to line up, I don't know, Koretska or Kimish, that maybe will play uh, this weekend, you see that the opposite midfielder score against, so for Leverkusen is 43 points. So basically maybe you will say, okay, uh, Kimish or Goretzka did 
do not have great matchups this week. Uh, so I will probably bench them and try to find someone that has a better matchup against a team that allows more points. So basically that's, um, I, I don't know, an, a new way to try to build your lineups that um, I uh, uh, discover. I don't know if it actually helps, but um, sometimes when you have to line up, I don't know, Japanese players or Korean players, and you don't know at all uh, the teams that uh, your players are facing, are facing, it's also a nice way to see if your player can score big against this team or not, or does uh, midfielder or forward or goalkeepers or defenders over the last 10 games, uh, did they score well or not? So th that's why I created the team rankings. So you can see also the the, the up, uh, def, up, mid, up, forward, or up goal, uh, goalkeeper in the lineup builder. So you can see pretty easily when... Uh, your player has a good or a bad matchup uh, next game week. Yeah, I, I like it. I think that there'll be different ways of using it. And as you say, it's, it gives a limited amount of data over the last 10 games for those teams. And there's obviously lots of, of different factors, but all these different data points help with your decision making for those lineups don't they so you maybe have a general opinion about a certain player but all, all this extra data just helps you validate that and, and help you make those decisions i can quickly see just by filtering on each of the sections so looking at the the own team so the own forward own mid own defender yeah and see that the certain trends of clubs that are on the platform that seem to do particularly well. So there's a, a, an Asian team that do quite well as a, as a defensive unit and also their midfield players. There's some of the, the big European clubs that do very well in the forward positions or, or midfield there. So you can yeah. you can look at those trends as well to, to start forming decisions. So yeah, re really interesting. I think it's something I'll, I'll look at. And I think as we have more clubs join the platform, It'll have more utility as well, won't it? Yeah. And um, so there'll be more comparisons available, whereas as now you might not necessarily have those, those yeah. direct comparisons. One of the, the other sections that I really like is the, the card finder. And um, so I think this is really useful for, for managers because it's something I've struggled with in the in the market. How do you identify the players that you want to buy? So you've maybe got ideas of the, the lineups you'd like to build, the tournaments you, you want to, to get involved in, and, and that'll take you so far. Looking at the market, you can pick up players using some of that criteria. Using the card finder, you can really drill down to, to some of the specifics. So if you are more of a collector of cards, you can look at specific serial numbers. You can look at average scores. So if you are somebody who's looking at short-term form players, you can, can really drill down into the scores of that player and also look at what kind of percentage of games they, they play. I, I think that's quite important as well there. So that's something, yeah, I think the community must get an awful lot of value out there. If not, they, they should be using that. What made you create this? Actually, I think it's one of the yeah underrated and maybe underused uh, section of the platform. I, I don't see much traffic on this page, but... I do see a lot of value with this feature because if you need to find a card, a specific card, it could be like a, a Jupiter Pro League forward that is scoring more than, uh, I don't know, 50 points over the last uh, 50 ga uh, 15 games. You don't have a way to find it. 
already easily and you don't have to uh, a way to find like to associate like the player position to data to um, market data to um, so5 data so basically uh, searching a player is cool searching a team is cool but if you need specific search you without the the card finder you can lose your way in soya or you lose your your time like spend an hour finding the right card for your specific needs so uh, i don't know one day i thought about it uh, thought it was really difficult to find a specific card um, in soya even in soya data so i decided to build the card finder so yeah that's really interesting because you, you can basically like choose like a rare, a rare card that is a goalkeeper that is playing in a specific league or a championship. So let's say Champion Asia, uh, you can even check um, whether the card was issued in 2020 or 2019. And then you can say, I don't want this guy to cost more than, I don't know, 0.5 Ether. And um, and you want to see only cards that are on sale right now, and you can find it like in basically ten seconds with this feature. Yeah, yeah. So I think for for me, so you, you touched on that it's not maybe a feature that seems to be getting used an awful lot. I've not personally been using it an awful lot, but I can see that there's the the card status section there, and I can filter on rewards. And that's a fantastic resource. That's something I want to, to be able to do on a, a weekly basis to maybe target and get some cheap players in that are not wanted by the, the managers that, that have won them. So, yeah, fantastic re- resource there that I think will definitely add value to, to the community if they start using it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I am I also added this uh, filter for the reward filter because of, I don't know, Maybe the you said it like if you win a card, maybe you will be maybe you will try to sell it at a price that is under the market price. But I I'm not sure if it's actually true and if um, managers actually uh, decide to sell their rewards at a price that is lower than the, than the market price. I I'm not sure it's actually true. Yeah, I think I think it varies. So there'll be di- there's different profiles of managers, aren't there? So you might have some of the the really big accounts who have got bit large setups. They've largely got the cards that they want already. So they may be more inclined. To sell off some of these rewards but you've got other managers who are newer to the platform like myself so some of my cards i will look to sell off and some of the the cards that i'm winning are actually adding you know to my my existing collection so i think that there'll be a a bit of a balance there's different managers doing different things yeah but certainly something that i i think psychologically i think that it probably does exist and yeah, yeah. um, whether or not that's the case for for every manager but um so within that Maybe maybe there could be a, a way of um, filtering as well by the <laughs> how large the manager's collection is. Yeah, and that might give you a, a likelihood of, of matching those cards. In, interesting. Are there any other sections you you want to touch upon that you think are maybe overlooked or are not used as much that you think really add value to the community? I think there's um, there's a section I I don't really like, but it's there, and I think it's. It's nice that it's here, but the manager rankings, I think, are sometimes a bit, I don't know, I don't know how to put it, but it's it's really a fun, a fun ranking. It's it's not actually like when you see that, uh, I don't know, if you take like uh, Zero's uh, Gary that is estimated to 453 ethers, it's actually a, a very 
large estimation because uh, some of his uh, cards are not uh, correctly estimated because it might be unique cards that uh, were never sold on the ma on the secondary market or never bought on the primary market. So you can have uh, someone that has basically um, a zero ether gallery but has like uh, 10 unique. And sometimes people do forget that, that uh, the soil data estimation of a gallery is pretty much uh, a vague estimation of what, of what it is, what it actually is. Um, so yeah, the, the manager base is fun, but please remind, like, please um, remember that this number is not completely accurate. It will never be accurate. Like if you say, if you see that your gallery is worth, I don't know, 20 ether, it's not that someone will uh, will come tomorrow and say, "Let um, I give you 20 ether, give me your gallery." Um, I don't think it worked like that. Actually, we we talked about it. Um, I did a French stream the other day with uh, one of my friends that is working on uh, on soil also, and um, he said that he was taking actually the soil data estimation minus 30% to have a like an accurate re representation of the of the gallery of a gallery. Yeah. So yeah, the, the manager page is fun, but one of uh, the rank, like the the section that I really like is the soil data cup section. I know we will talk about it, but just a point on this, it will get bigger. I definitely want to, to expand like the side game section and uh, organize as much uh, competitions that that, that I can because I, I think like SOA is fine for playing a um, team of five players uh, in different uh, divisions and different leagues etc but there are so many formats that I want to try like 11 players on the field uh, substitutions uh, also um, a tier restricted divisions that would mean that you cannot play uh, a card other than a tier 2 card in, uh, in a competition or a tier 3 card or based on um, the last 15 games uh, of a card and uh, yeah it's definitely where I want to go with um, the, um, the Soa Data Gaming Arena that, <laughs> that I call over the next month. Well, lots of good ideas in there. And as you said, we'll, we'll come on to them. So we'll explore that in a, a bit more, more detail shortly. But it sounds like, so you know, although you're a, a CTO, you're a, a true developer and you, you really enjoy building this stuff and, and getting involved, building it for your, for yourself, but also for the betterment of the, the community. So it looks like we'll, we'll get the opportunity to try out some of the stuff we've been wanting to. And I've seen your tweet that went out the other day there asking the community what formats they would like to see and obviously yeah. that's going to, going to form your opinion on what you build next and um, but there's a, a lot of good options in there so it'd be good to see some of those some of those options over yeah over the coming weeks and months and however quickly you can you can build this in your spare time after yeah. your, your day job during my night yeah so I think that that takes us on to talking about the, the big news that came out today. So good timing. We've had the Real Madrid news, them joining the platform. And yeah, it wasn't the one I was expecting. I thought with the clues that came out and the, the lack of build-up and the lack of hype that there was this time, although yeah. Nicholas had put out a, a sort of cheeky tweet saying there'd be big, big news Thursday and Friday. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what tomorrow's news is as well there. But yeah, it sounds like, yeah, it didn't sound like we were going to have this this huge club joining us in, in Real Madrid. What did you make of that? 
Yeah, let's say I don't really like bundles. So I think that we didn't mention it, uh, I think, until now, but uh, Real Madrid cards are sold in, in bundles of five cards. So um, if you want like to be to buy Karim Benzema, for example, you have to be, you have to buy, sorry, buy Karim Benzema, you have to buy, I don't know, Varane, Mendy, Kroos, and Odegaard um, at the same time. So I, I think like the, the lack of hype uh, around the announcement is because uh, I think some managers prefer uh, buying, uh, buying cards uh, separately and not uh, in bundles. But anyway, yep. that's that's a, a great addition to the platform. That's uh, one of the biggest clubs on the planet with a massive fan base and it, it will bring a lot of people uh, on the platform, but a bit disappointed with uh, the fact that it's not a sort of choice. They have to, uh, they cannot sell uh, Real Madrid cards separately. So, so yeah, a big deal. Um, a massive fan base that should be attracted to Soya now, and uh, that that's really cool. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. So I, I personally, I've never bought a bundle before. I may now have to get involved with some of these guys if I, I don't want to, to wait for them to come up on the secondary yeah. market. And, and we've already seen, so as you said, people are looking for a specific player. So they're buying the bundle and then they're they're looking to sell off some of the, those others there. But as you said, it's it's been out of Soraya's hands due to the licensing requirements. Real Madrid do need to, to be um, sold in bundle auctions. So I think that's probably fair as to why there was less of a, a hype around it. To, to be honest, it probably makes it a a little bit more inaccessible to the smaller manager. Yeah. So we've definitely. got 60 bundles today. There'll, there'll be managers who maybe would have been able to afford 40, 50 euros to, to buy some of the, you know, the, the lesser known players there and get involved in them in, in single auctions. Like we saw with Bayern Munich, you know, you had guys like Mark Rocker or Chris Richards going for that kind of price, whereas the, the superstars were, were going for obviously a, a lot more. But when they're putting a bundle with one of those superstars, the price is going to, to go quite high. So I was just looking at a few earlier earlier on. I've not looked at every single um, one that's went out so far, but the one that had Z- the Zidane, one out of 100, went for 3.999 ETH. Yeah, there's, there's some big prices. It also looks to be like some people have got some bargains as, as well when you look at it yeah. comparatively. So interesting to see after a, a day of auctions what those prices sort of settle at and, and what the secondary market looks like. As you said, a, a huge addition, lots of fans, lots of new users will gain confidence from a huge club joining the platform like Real Madrid. And for existing users, it gives more options in the champions arena and and maybe more competition for for those with existing cards so yeah it's going to be interesting that's something i I find with every new club edition you have how does that change the dynamic of competitions going forward so when psg were added we're thinking how do i compete against mbappe and neymar then you've got bayern who post huge scores now we've got real madrid who dominate as well so it's just changing the makeup of what those competitions will, will look like and yeah really exciting times yeah, definitely. So I think that takes us on to the, the main topic today. So looking at the, the Surreal Data Cup, you obviously touched upon it being the, the part of the site that you're most excited about at the moment. Why don't you, you talk us through? Yeah, I think one, one thing that is missing SO5 format right now is um, actually head-to-head matches. Like um, It can be frustrating that you play a lineup and you will face 
people with great cards, you will probably end up like in the top 50 uh, lineups. Uh, but ultimately, you want to beat people. You want to face lineups that you can actually beat. Of course, you cannot forecast what player will score or which score. But um, I mean, uh, by looking at uh, a player gallery, you can basically see uh, which cards uh, are the main threats and um, how a great lineup would look like for this uh, for this manager. I think like we saw this with the World Cup that was organized by Clip, um, I don't know, two months earlier, that people liked the head-to-head matchup uh, format. Yeah. I think that was a great competition. So now that you can build lineups on Data, I think that it, it was just like, uh, the normal thing to go to now to organize competition on the platform and yeah um, create a, a format that will actually uh, let players play for not just one week if they lose the first week but actually at least four weeks because um, and there we are currently in the group stage so uh, if you signed up to the Soil Data Cup, you uh, were placed in a four managers group um, where you will face each manager once. Uh, if you rank first or second, you will go to the champion bracket. And if you rank uh, third or fourth of your group, you will go to the challenger bracket and play um, a single elimination game. Uh, so every week, uh, if you still win, you will play uh, a single elimination game. And that way, yeah, you can uh, go to another competition, enter for prizes. I didn't announce prizes yet, but uh, I know that Soraya and some managers will uh, sponsor the competition with a card. So there will be great cards to win uh, at the end of the competition. And you have also a fun matchup because facing another manager directly head-to-head is so much fun because you can actually like have a target, check what uh, what the other manager players are or, or they are doing, all your players are doing. And um, I think this is a really fun format, and I want to explore it even more in the in the coming week in the coming weeks. Loving it, and as you said, the, the previous competition that we we had with Clip there was really exciting. The community really enjoyed that, and this time around, we've got eighty groups of four, so three hundred and twenty users um, getting involved. So one hundred and sixty head-to-head matches each game week. That's that's massive. Having the facility your site to be able to do that is, is brilliant. You touched upon some managers donating cards to, to the, the prizes for this. So the podcast will will be donating five cards to, to this competition as well. So yeah, look, some some good cards in there and I'm sure everyone who's who's got involved with this competition will enjoy it and there's a, a chance of getting some, some decent rewards there. Yeah. I'm just looking at my results at, at the moment. So very close in my second head-to-head here. It all comes down to tonight's Bruges match so it's myself against Scow FC he has 278.55 points I have 274.9 we've both had four players play yeah I've got Vanakin and he's got Mignoli. Yeah, that so should hoping, do it. That should do it for you, I think. So I'm hoping so. On on the averages, it's with me. Yeah. And and so that means I, I go through uh, I've won the, the first game and this would be the second win. So hopefully it's looking positive. Um, it wasn't earlier after he had captained Ima Bale, but yeah, Mbappe done me done me proud in that. Yeah, one. So it's really exciting, isn't it? And I've been looking at some of the, the other results. So there's been some some previous podcast guests 
up against each other, funnily enough. So we had MDJ and Tom C um, head-to-head today, and we've got Buzz and Paul and, and Segwin, who was on. So, yeah, some some big lineups. I was just looking through to try and see the, the highest scores, and it, it might have changed, you can maybe correct me, but there was a, a huge matchup with EBR, um, Ewan, so he's a, another Scottish manager, and Treg City. So, yeah. Ewan had a, a 3.39 and, and Treg with a 3.95. So a 3.95 is huge, but Ewan's going to be hugely disappointed there in that with that team because, yeah, he had Mickey Yamin who hit 100, but he yeah. didn't ca- captain him. So, yeah, small margins, but that's what the cup comes down to. Yep. And, um, um, yeah, by the way, thank you. Thanks a lot for donating cards to, to the competition. It's, it's very much appreciated and it's it's really cool. And, yeah, uh, about the cup, like, uh, also the, the format is that your captain scores 50% more than your other cards. So picking the gr- the correct captain is very important. And that's something that some people dislike. I like that um, you have to make a choice that is really impacting on your lineup because it's like it's um, what uh, distinguishes um, great and awesome managers because if you pick the perfect captain, that will certainly give you the edge uh, over your opponent. So yeah, I, I like the format. But I know that it's a bit frustrating for some to play uh, many rounds without getting prices. So um, definitely one thing I'm looking at is adding different formats where you can win some cards, maybe on a more regular basis, maybe not each game week, but uh, over four game weeks, for example, because the cup will be, I don't know, it will probably end between the end of the month of January and uh, mid-February. So that's a long competition and um, (laughs) some people might get tired of it. So yeah, it's definitely a first uh, for me to organize a competition, um, having to do lots of um, direct messages, <laughs> answering, etc. But yeah, a, a really great test for me to also build on this. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly going to be exciting. As you said, it's a, a first change as, as we go along and you might need to tweak it and, yeah. and try new things. And as you said, as you, there might be prizes that can be given out along the way for, for different achievements or, or different different things there. So. Yeah, I'm really exciting. Now looking forward, I've got 45 minutes to go until this Bruges <laughs> match. So I'm going to have to, to watch this now and make sure Hans doesn't let me down. But yeah, he, he was a, a recent win for me. So if he was to, to help me get through this round, then that's going to be even sweeter. A card that I've not even paid for. A card that I, I won coming first in the Callenger Division 3. So yeah, even yeah, definitely. And he's starting. Yeah, we have lineups. He's starting. He is starting. Yeah. He's a mainstay in that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, re- really appreciate you you setting that up. So, hopefully, we see the excitement building as we, we get through to the last stages of this, the last group matches, and see who goes through to the champion and who goes through to the challenger for the next rounds. But yeah, thank you very much for, for no setting problem. that up. So, that brings us to the end of today's Surrey Global Fantasy Football Podcast. I hope you found it useful. As always, if you could like, subscribe, and leave a review, then we can help introduce the fantastic concept to more users. See you next time.